0: Up and sit down. Welcome to a Christmas edition of Paul's Voice. to Paul's Voice. As you can tell from the Jingle Bells, this is a Christmas edition. (laughs) Well, for today's podcast, I'd like to welcome my beautiful wife, Gidget. Gidget, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Gidget's a little nervous, so don't be harsh on her. Please. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm a little tired. I'm recovering from some surgery, so please uh, bear with us but this is a Christmas message that we felt like we wanted to get out to you, uh, hopefully in time for some of you who are traveling for Christmas. So here's the Christmas edition of Paul's Voice.
1: And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenus was governor of Syria. which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men.
0: All right. Thank you, Gidget. You're welcome. I can tell you're nervous, but you sound wonderful. Thanks. Gidget's been trying to get into narrating as well, so encourage her if you would. Well, that story has spawned a lot of caroling, a lot of carols, which is what we like to do at Christmas time. You want to do some caroling with me, honey?
1: (laughs) Sounds awesome.
0: All right. Let's do some caroling.
1: (laughs) Carol? 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 Carol?
0: Carol? 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 There we go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my kids hate <laughs> that joke, but I find it amusing. <laughs> but seriously, there are some car- there are some carols that mean a lot to me, and one of them is "O Holy Night." That's got to be my favorite Christmas carol of all time. And the first verse and uh, chorus go like this: "O Holy Night." The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices, For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. O oh, hear the angel voices, O oh, night divine. O night when Christ was born. My voice, especially in this condition, doesn't do justice. The song is much, much more impressive, especially when a beautiful voice sings it. But the reason it has so much meaning to me is because of several words. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. There's probably a lot of people like me that have spent time wondering what they are worth, if they're valuable. And that sentence right there tells me that God thought I was valuable and that my soul finally felt its worth when Christ appeared. And that tells me that that ought to be important to me. And if any of you listen to my Easter Uh, podcast, you remember me talking about being tired at the end of the day because I'm battling uh, rule number one, being kind to other people and how weary that leaves me and how weary I feel just trying to prove my worth, the worth of my soul to myself. And with Christ's appearance, I know my soul was worth a lot. And that gives me hope. Well, that's my favorite, Carol. Gidget, have you got one?
1: I love Christmas time. There are so many good songs out there, and I'm so nervous. (laughs) Sorry. One of the ones that... You don't have to whisper
0: it. They can tell. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. You're cutting that out, right? <laughs> nope. <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> yeah, you, you have to. Anyway. <laughs> One of the ones that I really like is Joy to the World because it's a very energetic, happy song. You know, just a big celebration. Um, the first verse um, says, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And saints and angels sing. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, geez. It means a lot to me because in order to feel peace, um, you have to open your heart and let Jesus in. You know, when you let him in and you think of others above your own self and how you can help maybe ease the burden burdens that they are, you know, dealing with.
0: So you have to remove your own stuff in order to prepare him room.
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's beautiful. I love that song, too. All right. At Christmas time, we often find ourselves worrying or not happy. Things are tight. Maybe there's some things in our lives that aren't going quite right. <clears throat> like for us this season, I I can't eat. My 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 mom and my wife are up. They're making all these beautiful pies. They got this apple caramel pie. Apple, my favorite. I can't eat it. I'm on a liquid diet. Gee, thanks. (laughs) I made you a smoothie today. (laughs) She did. She did. But I can take comfort in knowing that I'm not the only one. And there's a reason for all this. There's a man by the name of Jeffrey R. Holland who wrote a book called "Shepherds: Why This Jubilee. And I'm going to read to you an excerpt from that book. Uh... In this part of the book, he's talking about how his father was laying in a hospital bed at Christmas Christmastime and, uh, and dying. He wasn't going to make it through this. And he was wondering why. And he writes, At the hospital I sat and walked and read and walked and looked in on Dad and walked. He would not, in fact, recover from all this. I suppose everyone knew that, but the nursing staff were kind to me and gave me free access to him and to the entire hospital. A couple of the nurses wore Santa Claus hats, and all the nursing stations were decorated for the season. During the course of the evening, I think I checked them all out. And sure enough, on every floor and in every wing, it was Christmas, You will forgive me if I admit that somewhere in the early hours of the morning, I was feeling pretty sorry for myself. Why does it have to be like this, I thought? Why does it have to be on Christmas, of all the times to lose your dad? Did it have to be the time when dads are the greatest guys in the world? And gifts for little boys somehow appear, that in later years would be recognized to be well beyond the meager Holland budget. Lying under that oxygen tent was the most generous man I have ever known. A Kris Kringle to end all Kris Kringles. And by some seemingly cruel turn of cardiac fate, it was Christmas morning, and he was in the process of dying. In my self-pity, it did not seem right to me. And I confess, I was muttering something of that aloud as I walked What surely must have been every square inch of the public, and a fair portion of the private, space in that hospital. Then and there, 2 or 3 a.m., in a very quiet hospital, immersed as I was in some sorrow and too much selfishness. Heaven sent me a small, personal, prepackaged revelation, a tiny Christmas declaration, that was as powerful as any I have ever received. In the midst of mumbling about the very poor calendaring in all of this, I heard the clear, unbroken cry of a baby. It truly startled me. I had long since ceased paying attention to where I was wandering that night. And only then did I realize I was near the maternity ward. Somewhere, I suppose, near the nursery. To this day, I do not know just where that baby was or how I heard it. I like to think it was a brand new baby, taking that first breath and announcing that he or she had arrived in the world. The fact of which everyone was supposed to take note. Jeff, my boy, my father in heaven seemed to say with that baby's cry, I expected a little more from you. If you can't remember why all of this matters, then your approach to Christmas is no more virtuous than the over-commercialization everyone laments these days. You need to shape up just a little to put your theology where your Christmas carols are. You can't separate Bethlehem from Gethsemane or the hasty flight into Egypt from the slow journey to the summit of Calvary. It's of one piece, It is a single plan. It considers the fall and rising again of many in Israel, but always in that order. Christmas is joyful, not because it is a season or decade or lifetime without pain and privation, but precisely because life does hold those moments for us. And that baby, my son... My own beloved and only begotten Son in the flesh, born away in a manger with no crib for His bed, makes all the difference in the world. All the difference in time and eternity. All the difference everywhere, worlds without number, a lot farther than your eye can see. I can't fully describe to you what happened to me that early Yuletide morning, but it was one of the most revelatory Christmas experiences I have ever had. And it dawned on me that that could have been my young parents who were so happy that morning. I was a December baby, and my mother never worried of telling me that that was her happiest Christmas ever. Perhaps the joy they felt that day at my birth was to be inextricably, inseparably, eternally linked with my sorrow at their passing. That we could never expect to have the one without the other. It came to me in a profound way that in this life, no one can have real love without eventually dealing with real loss. And we certainly can't rejoice over one's birth, and the joy of living unless we are prepared to understand and accommodate and accept with some grace the inevitability, including the untimeliness, of difficulty and trouble and death. These are God's gifts to us, birth and life and death and salvation the whole divine experience in all its richness and complexity. So, there lay my dad, the great gift giver, who found bicycles and BB guns and presents of every kind somewhere. Now he was starting to make his way out of the world on Christmas Day, on the wings of the greatest gift ever given. I thought of another father, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. True fathers and mothers were all alike, I realized, coming up with the best gifts imaginable at what is often terrible personal cost. So I was mildly but firmly rebuked that night by the cry of a newborn baby. I got a little refresher course in the plan of salvation and a powerful reminder of why this is the season to be jolly and why any Christmas is a time of comfort, whatever our circumstances may be. In the same breath, I was also reminded that life will not always be as cozy as chestnuts roasting on an open fire, or an unending splendor while we stroll, walking in a winter wonderland. No, life will have its valleys and peaks, its moments for the fall and rising in the lives of all of God's children. So now it is old Simeon's joyful embrace of that little baby just before his own death. That is one of the images I try to remember at Christmas. I have repented since that night. In fact, I did some repenting there in the maternity ward. If you have to lose your dad, what more comforting time than the Christmas season? These are sad experiences, terribly wrenching experiences, with difficult moments for years and years to come. But, because of the birth in Bethlehem, and what it led to, they are not tragic experiences. They have a happy ending. There is a rising after the falling. There is life, always. New births, and rebirths, and resurrection to eternal life. It is the joy of the stable, the maternity ward, forever. If thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Martha said to him once, probably in the same tone of voice I had been using up and down the hallways of the hospital. If that arthritis just had not required surgery, there wouldn't have been any strain on his heart. If that conveyor belt had just been shifted a little, it wouldn't have started that fire. If there just hadn't been a small patch of ice on that particular stretch of road so close to the Colorado River. And on and on and on. Jesus has one answer for us all. One answer to all the whys and what ifs. All the would haves and could haves and should haves of our journey. Looking to sweet Martha firmly in the eyes. He said for all to hear. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. That's an excerpt from a book called Shepherds, Why This Jubilee, written by Jeffrey R. Holland. Now, That kind of leads me to some discussion, Gidget, about about the holidays. I'm not usually one to get offended at somebody that says it's that doesn't say Merry Christmas, and I'm not one to stand up and demand that you say Merry Christmas too, because I think I I think that the holidays are all locked together. I think they're they're bonded. What do you think? <laughs> this makes her very nervous. This is the dialogue part of things.
1: <laughs> I can do the reading, kinda.
0: <laughs> so go through that a little bit. What do we? What What have you and I talked about with Thanksgiving, Christmas, and the New Year's?
1: Yeah, I I love this time of year because I love all the holidays that we get to you know, go through and all the yummy food and stuff. but um, and, and the Christmas lights <laughs> and, and the Christmas trees. All the colors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> November yeah. 1st, she's all for putting up the lights in the tree. She wants to get this party started yeah. and keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I'm with you, though. I, I think the month of November, and I like to see this on Facebook. I love to see it every year, what everybody's thankful for starting November 1st yeah, and go day after day, what are you thankful for and go all the way to, to Thanksgiving.
1: It just makes you think about life more and how, you know, your life really doesn't seem as bad as you think it is.
0: (laughs) You have more than you want to believe, Mm -hmm. don't you? Definitely. All right. And then from there to Christmas, I think that's the time to start following the example of not just Christ, but our heavenly father who gave us, as uh, Jeffrey Holland said, these are the gifts. Let me go back up here so I can get it right. These are God's gifts to us, birth and life and death and salvation, the whole divine experience in all its richness and complexity. So he set an example, and Christ came and he, he gave his son, which is how he accomplished all of those things, all of those gifts, birth and life, death and salvation through Christ. And so we should spend that time, I believe, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, following those examples of giving and serving. Definitely. Finding ways to sacrifice of ourselves to give to others.
1: And it's touching to see our boys excited and wanting to do that for each other.
0: Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and then, because of Christ's coming, and how, how, by how Elder Holland put it, you can't accept Bethlehem without Gethsemane. They are, they're linked. And so we can't, you know, accept Christmas without the fact, accepting the fact that Christ was going to die. And that he was going to pay for our sins. And so that was a a time of forgiveness. He offered us all forgiveness for our sins.
1: Yeah.
0: And so that time between Christmas Christmas and New Year's is a time to forgive, I think. Time to forgive those who have wronged us and ourselves. Because we know we're not perfect. But I think sometimes we let that affect how we act. Yeah, that's true. And so we get a month of being grateful. We get a month of serving, counting our blessings, spreading our blessings, and then forgiving. And then at the start of the new year, because what Christ offered in the end was redemption, a second opportunity. We shouldn't remember the sins committed against us. I think that's, I think that's a, Tough spot for most of us, including me, especially me probably. I'm the only one I can speak for, but <laughs> so yeah, I have a hard time with that sometimes. Moving on past the things that people have done to me. And forgiving them. Yeah. And you only have a week to do it.
1: <laughs>
0: now you feel like Scrooge waiting for those three spirits, don't you? <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh.
0: But offering redemption. Oh, wow. But yeah. offering redemption to all those around us and and ourselves, because that's what Christ gave us. Yeah, anything you want to add to that?
1: I think you say it pretty well, dear. <laughs> she just doesn't want to speak.
0: <laughs> I'm shy. Well, then moving on. <laughs> uh, a man by the name of Craig C. Christensen gave a Christmas address. This is a part of that. Ultimately, the fullness of the story of Christmas culminates with the last three days of the Savior's life. In that pivotal period, the Savior passed from the Garden of Gethsemane to the Cross of Calvary, to the Garden Tomb. As Jeffrey R., As Elder Jeffrey R. Holland taught, the impact and efficacy of that moment would reach back to the beginning of time and forward throughout all eternity. Couldn't have put it any better. Well, get it. why don't you sing us a song to, to get us out of this podcast? Carol, Carol, Carol. <laughs> there she goes caroling again. <laughs> Uh, We would like to wish you all a Merry Christmas. We'd like to thank each one of you that tune into this podcast and encourage you that if you enjoy it, to leave us some comments on Facebook or on SoundCloud, wherever you hear it. So, from the Curtis family, Paul and Gidget, and all of our kids, to you, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and may you find the spirit of Christmas. Open your heart and warm you this season.